0: This week on the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, Bruce from iPod is back. We talk about the death of NFTs, how that market has pretty much completely disappeared. Welcome to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast, founded in 2011 and with over 500 weekly episodes, where Michael Brandvold and Jay Gilbert, Two longtime music industry pros discuss the very latest trends, tools, and tactics that you need. build a stunning band website in minutes with Banzoogle. Go to Banzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MusicBizWeekly to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We've got Mike today. Jay is in Nashville right now on some business, I believe. Um, We have a guest this week, a returning guest, Um, but before we get into that, I want to just give a big shout out to everybody at Pod and Bands in Town for all you do to support, Music Biz Weekly Podcast, and of course to our sponsors, Bandzoogle.com. Bandzoogle makes it so easy to build a stunning website and EPK for your music in just minutes. All the features you need are already built in, including... Dozens of fully customizable templates, tools to sell music, merch, and tickets commission-free, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, integrations with Bandcamp, SoundCloud, YouTube, Bands in Town, and more, so you can easily add content from your other online profiles, and of course, amazing live tech support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. Plans at Banzoogle start at just $8.29 a month, and that includes hosting and your own free custom domain name. Music Biz Weekly podcast listeners, head over to bandzoogle.com, Register to try it for free for 30 days. And when you register, make sure you use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, and you will get 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's bandzoogle.com. Promo code Weekly, And of course, thank you so much to DiscMakers.com. As all of you know, vinyl has become mostly a label product up to now. High prices and tight supply kept the independent artists largely on the, largely on the sidelines. Yet artists want vinyl, but not many of them end up moving forward. Why? Because of price and the turnaround times to produce it. Most artists don't know how many records they'll sell, so they want to start with the smallest quantity possible to test the waters. And up to now, 100 records at Disc Makers would cost you $1,990, nearly $2,000 to press. That's a lot of money, and it compares unfavorably to the cost of making 100 CDs, which is only $149 at Disc Makers. So Disc Makers have decided to rip the Band-Aid off, and they're relaunching their entry-level vinyl strategy with an offer of 100 vinyl records for just $1,299. They wanna truly make the vinyl market open for all DIY artists, and they believe Disc Makers is the only company that can execute and scale this. They have the ability and resources to do all the marketing, scale the sales, graphics, and customer services, customer service resources that are required so head over to diskmakers.com and pick up 100 records for just 1299 bucks so this week bruce from hypebot is back Yeah, he's an awesome returning guest um we just kind of pick up on some things that just dropped in the news Mainly, we kind of talk about a brand new story that he just dropped this week about how basically NFTs are dead. It's over. The market has completely, well, I shouldn't say completely, almost entirely disappeared for NFTs. So we talk about what happened there. And he asked a good question of me. What What are new artists supposed to do? to go find fans? Where do you go find your fans? How do you deal with all these social networks who have all these algorithms, which just make it nearly impossible to reach out to fans and to communicate to them? So we have a great discussion about some of the places I think you really need to be focusing your attention for communicating to your fans and driving your fans to. So let it roll. Bruce from HypeBot and Bands in Town. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow and rate us on Spotify.
1: Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We
0: appreciate Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We are always honored to have Bruce coming back to sit down with us. Bruce from Hypot and Bands in Town. Welcome back. You're this has got to be like your fourth or fifth.
1: Yeah, fifth or sixth. I
0: I think I think it's about time you get one of those green jackets. <laughs> i'm here the Send it. yeah there there you go <laughs> um jay is uh at uh, i think he's at the uh, americana fest right now which is happening yes. so um i reached out it's like bruce want to just shoot the crap and let's see what's what to talk about and conveniently uh this morning's hypebot bot email newsletter which first of all if, if people aren't subscribed to it, go get it. You, you get it just sent right to your inbox of all the latest headlines. And uh, the one that, that immediately jumped out at me, and you wrote this yourself, and it just got published today, headline, NFTs promised to save music. Now they are officially worthless. And And you even go as far as saying the NFT dream is officially dead. Those are some pretty heavy statements to make well, when that, we look yeah, I mean, back to just a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I it, look, it, You know, we we all knew that it was certainly floundering, but there was this study that just came out, I don't know, yesterday or the day before, where these uh, analysts looked at 73,000 NFT collections and yep. found that uh, like 95, 97% of them were worth $5 or less now. And, yeah, you six, know six, it, 60
0: it, just over 69 thousand have a right. market cap of zero ether the second most popular cryptocurrency behind Bitcoin yep. so 95 percent are worth nothing as you said zero nada I mean
1: it's well effectively it is you know and and I mean I I think well the other number that I had in front of me was it was a 17 billion dollar market in the summer fall yep. of 2020 one, if I remember correctly. yep. Uh, and now it's an $80 million market. So it's down 97%, the total market value. And this included, you know, they did a separate analysis of the top tier ones. And it wasn't just the top tier music ones, it was some music, but you know, um, you know, some of the board apes and those kind of big ones that 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 really were getting hundreds of thousands of dollars. And again, all but you know, something like 1% of them are uh, priced in like, zero to hundred dollar range now so it's it's it you know I, I, look for me it's i don't i'm not dancing on this grave if you will i was one of the people who found it pretty intriguing you know it had this potential for fans to be able to kind of invest in the artists and then if the artist grew over time the artists continued to make a little money from the resale there were all kinds of good things about it but the bottom line of it is it 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 you know all this promises that were made about it are completely untrue. And I suppose if you look back on it, you say, gee, I knew better, but you know, like so many other things we get, you know, we kind of get sucked into the excitement of it all and hope it's going to work, but this one clearly didn't.
0: This was, you know, I was, as I was prepping for, to speak with you, I was like, I'm trying to think of a, a technology, because we'll call an NFT is a technology. -hmm. That exploded so fast and burned out so fast at such great values of what NFTs were. And I'm hard pressed to think of anything. I mean, you know, even the original dot-com era that bombed Mm -hmm. that that had life for a number of years. It sustained a lot of businesses and it just it just collapsed under. We won't get into what what killed that first dot com era, but, you know, it felt like NFTs exploded onto the scene out of nowhere, went straight to the most talked about, most sought after to the point where major established companies, record labels, businesses immediately jumped on board almost in the we got to get our foot in. We don't know why, but we've got to get it in there because we'll miss out on something. Yeah. And then we're essentially two years later. And, you know, it's two years later that we're talking about it. But I could safely say and tell me if you agree that maybe for the last eight to 12 months, it's been pretty dead. I mean, it's been nobody's talking about it like they used to. It, it doesn't have the buzz anymore. For the last yeah, year. Yeah, you're
1: 100 percent right. I, I just didn't, you know, I think we all kind of suspected this, but now we have numbers that really prove it, which sort of which is what motivated me to, to write the article. And I think you're absolutely right. I don't think there's anything, you know, like we all thought the blockchain, or we we didn't necessarily think people were saying the blockchain was going to save the music industry. Well, the truth is the underlying technology is still being used all the time and yeah. is and is being adopted perhaps more slowly than we all thought, but it is. I don't want to. I always hate revolutionizing the music industry you know I get probably 30 press releases a day and the 10 that say anything like that get eliminated f- from my reading instantly yep. but but you know the un- I think that's per- in some ways was the problem with NFTs it wasn't that the technology was bad or that the idea was bad it was that it was all about money and quick money and not about the technology and so blockchain you know, continues to chug along and the adoption grows, et cetera. and it and it does provide ways to track usage, to track income, et cetera around the uh, around the web. So but you know this one's particularly sad. I'm sure there are some artists who, you know in who sold nfts, took some of the money out to do something in, but but also held on to some of it in Bitcoin or in in some form of crypto crypto that are now hurting uh and that's a sad thing as well so yeah
0: you know this this is also sad because you know blockchain was never something that was really hyped to the consumer to the fan right. to the end user right. it was it was hyped within the industry that we're going to utilize this technology in services and that's great right. Right. nfts Basically went straight to the end user of like, hey, you, the fan, you, mom and dad, you, whoever on the street, you can invest hundreds, thousands, whatever dollars. And, you know, you're going to make money off of this. And, you know, there's 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 countless people out there who did buy an NFT and, you know. What do they got right now? They got a JPEG. That's it. That's right. it. You know, they've got and it's nothing. That's it's too working. bad in, in
1: in some ways because you know, like there's certain like it was an app called Paul App. I'm sure it still exists, but it was basically proof of of attendance, right? And so you could, in essence, mint a free NFT uh, that the art that the person coming through the door would get. As a gift for giving you their contact information. I'm, I'm oversimplifying the technology. Right. That was built on the blockchain. That that's a wonderful idea. How many people you know, how many times do people go to a concert and you buy a ticket for four people? So if you're lucky, you maybe get the ticket company, and probably not the artist, gets one email address, but those three other people, they have no way to even know they went to the show. Any technology, you know, and there are others that that are trying to work on this problem, but any technology that helped you do that helps you capture those other three great stuff, you know, but it all gets sort of lost in this, you know, uh, crash of, of the NFT market. And that's that's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. You know, like you, I didn't buy into this wholeheartedly. But I did appreciate what the technology was capable of doing. And, you know, I think what we were saying is, uh, you know, because Jay and I did a couple episodes about this, is we're just waiting to find what's the killer app for NFT. Nobody's found the real use for the NFT technology. And more importantly, we were saying, Stop selling the technology and sell the solution to the end user. Because at the end of the day, as a fan, I don't give a crap what's powering a fan club, a technology or whatever. You could tell me this fan club's running on NFT. That means squat to me. What I want is, am I getting more access, better access, better content, exclusive involvement, whatever it is? If NFT allowed some company to do that, that's great. But what I was seeing, and, and and let me know what your thoughts are on this, is most of these companies were selling the NFT concept, and they weren't selling what was that NFT going to do for the fan at the end of the day. And that's like going in and saying, well, I, I need a, I need a, a phone. And I'm buying it because of this chip. Well, nobody bought. I shouldn't say nobody. The vast majority of the general public doesn't buy a phone based on the chip. They buy a phone based on what does that phone allow me to do? How does it make me feel? How does it increase my status? Whatever it might be, all of these brand related things. And again, the user doesn't give a crap Whose chip it's doing it. I don't care what kind of manufacturer's engine is in my car. I want to know that that car is going to make me, keep me safe, get me from point A to point B. Right. Make me feel good. Allow me to, whatever it might be. And I felt like that was, that was what was going on in the NFT world is we were all focused on selling the technology and there wasn't a, a real solution that was being sold yet and, and and what that leads to is this was the perfect example of trying to create a problem so you could invent an app to solve the problem that didn't exist yet yeah i also I also think that
1: you know they were selling a dream you know a dream that you can get a bunch of money, a dream that as a, for the artist, a dream for the fan that you can, you know, have this direct involvement, this direct financial and personal involvement with it. And, you know, the bottom line of it is, and, and I, I kept thinking this through the whole thing, you know, I, I, I published lots of articles on Hypot that said, you should check this out. Here's how this works here, how that how that works. But ultimately it is, does the, uh, artists have fans and do they uh, maintain or grow that relationship with their fans and there's no nft no technology no anything is going to be the substitute for that it can be the vehicle for that but you know that this was so this was sold as the end product you know your fans will give you a bunch of money you as a fan can invest in the artist but if you don't have those fans and if those fans don't care about you deeply enough you know all the technology in the world is not going to change that and and you see it, you see that over and over again, you know, with all kinds of technologies. people come in, you know, and they, and artists get excited about it, but if they're not willing to do the work before that or during that or along the way, uh, it's it's never going to work for them. They've got you've got to build that fan base. You've got to develop that relationship with the fan. And you can communicate with the fan in old school ways, in new school ways, whatever it is, but you've got to do it. I mean, I saw this, you know, there's an app called Single. Uh, which is like an add-on to Shopify that allows you to to do live streams, et cetera, and then sell your merch on Shopify. And they sent me these case studies. And we published one, I don't remember if it was yesterday or today, about some young indie band who did their vinyl release party and signing on singles. So if you pre-bought or bought the vinyl during the thing, they signed it and and held it up and, you know, to you personally, to you as a right. fan and held it up and let you take a picture. I thought, how brilliant is that? You know, and it's using live streaming technology, which, you know, half of us have forgotten about and, and, you know, or don't know what to do with, et cetera. So it's, but again, it's all about building that connection with the fan. And if you don't do that, you know, no technology in the world is going to, is going to do that for you. I don't see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to build a connection with the fan, but you've also got to be in a position to constantly build, create, right. engaging and interesting and unique content to deliver to the fan, because right. you know at, at at the end of the day, many people were hyping the NFTs ability to create the new level of artist fan club, right? Which I'm all for. But sure. I've also been in the artist fan club world since. The olden days when it was mail us a check to a PO box and we'll email you a well not email we'll mail you a print newsletter once a quarter That's right. To, right. to nowadays where it's all online. The one thing I've seen, and this happens with small and major artists, that will inevitably kill every sort of fan club effort is they're not prepared to create ongoing exclusive content to deliver. And the second you stop doing that, the second your product is no longer valuable to the fan and they will, they won't renew. They want refunds. I worked with an artist years ago that the fans even got together to form a class action lawsuit that the the, the artist wasn't delivering what they promised to do to thousands of fans. So, yeah, so not only do you have not have a fan, you actually have an enemy. <laughs> You know, you've, you've turned that fan into working. an enemy. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. so, again, it's not it's not necessarily the fault of NFT, but it's, you know, any time I have a client who's like, Mike, I want to talk about starting a Patreon page. I want to start a fan club. I'm like, listen, I'm all for this. Let's have this conversation. But the first thing I tell them before we even talk about what they can make and how great it's going to be is like, are you prepared to run? And I, I, I say it just this way, a Kickstarter campaign forever. Forever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Forever,
0: said. you know, because yeah. that's what a Kickstarter campaign is basically. All right. For the next two months, I'm going to create exclusive updates and stuff and um, we'll deliver that, but it eventually ends. Well, you do a Patreon you not only have to create all the stuff you give away for free on social media, you now have to create more interesting, more unique, more exclusive versions of all of that to give away in your fan club world. And boy, they lose interest. 90% of them lose interest so quickly when they start realizing, wow, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, and again, This isn't the fault of NFT because NFT could make a fan club new, interesting, and exciting. But it's not, NFT is not the solution. It's not going to do it all for you. And I think that to what you were saying. A lot of artists are looking for that. Wow, if I just create an NFT, I don't have to do any work. I'm just going to make money by saying I've got NFTs and people are going to buy them. And I'm done. And I just keep collecting money. (laughs) It's like, there's no service that works that way. None. you got to put the work in to make the money out of it right
1: so let me ask you a question we didn't discuss this in advance so i hope i'm not throwing your curveball here how do you how do you think bands build an audience now i mean we we know that they do it on the road but that's harder and more expensive and we know they do it on socials but socials you know our algorithms get in the way etc and there's certainly exceptions like tiktok if you if you really know that media, you can maybe, you know, have those viral moments, but you know, I, over and over again, I'm looking at, you know, and people are asking me, as I'm sure they ask you, whether they're paying you or just asking you, you know, how do I do this? How do I grow my fan base? And it it's, it, you know, and then of course, how do you continue to communicate with them? You know, it's, it's it, if, if the algorithms are getting in the way of you talking to them on socials, you know, then they're getting in the way and you can't talk to them even if you're creating as much content as you should be. So it's, I'm just, you know, I, I, I feel for the modern artist, if you will, I always have. And I think in some ways, you know, this, with all the stuff that's happening with, you know, privacy and third party data and all that kind of stuff, all the changes that it's just getting harder and harder. Uh, I, I hate to be doom and gloom. No, but I'm no. Curious I, I
0: mean, it's, it, it's, it's a, it's a valid question. It's a question I get all the time. Um, and listen, I'm going to give you and our listeners my honest answer. And let me preface this by saying, uh, I'm not paid to say this, and I know you are related to bands in town. Uh-huh. So saying all of that, you've got yes, the algorithms are a bitch. You're not mm-hmm. you you can't game the algorithms. You're not going to beat the algorithms. You just got to accept that sad fact that. of the people who follow you on any social network are probably going to see everything. So you have to have a, a strat an ongoing strategy of every week, moving people from these algorithm based social networks to platforms that are not algorithm based or not as heavily algorithm based. Right. Right. Um, first one is obviously get them to an email list right right. now now yeah you can send out an email and only a percentage of them are going to open it sure but that is also heavily due to you know things like how exciting is that subject line that subject line is what compels somebody to open it once they've opened it are you giving them compelling content to click on it right but the point there is you will get a greater percentage of people opening an email blast than you'll ever get from the algorithms on on any of the social networks. Right. Um, I will also stand up and say, listen, you've got to be getting out and using all of the features that are on Bands in Town right now, because it is it's a change. It, what what the artist has to do is change the frame of mind about Bands in Town. It's not just for tour dates anymore. It's not just where you go for tour dates. It's what it started as, and it does a great job at that. But frankly, in my opinion, your bands in town profile is now unequal as a social network, as all the others out there. Mm -hmm. Now, that isn't necessarily the case because the fans can't engage back to you quite as easily sure they can go to bands in town and leave reviews and you should be pushing your fans to go there to leave reviews um but you can engage with your fans and every fan that is following you can be engaged with in the sense that you can speak to them right and yeah it's and yeah yeah, go ahead i'm sorry I, i was i was just gonna say so You've got to look at where you can reach out to fans on what platforms that are not nearly as restrictive as the Twitters, the Facebooks, the TikToks, where those are all built on. you got to play the game. you got to tweak it this way. Christ, next week they changed their algorithm and now they're de-emphasizing everything you put into for the last year. You're never going to win. You can never stay ahead of those. You need to move those people every week to these other platforms. I love love bands in town. I love YouTube community. Mm -hmm. YouTube community is another one of these sleeper social networks that so many people ignore. I don't know frankly, what sort of algorithms playing there or anything like that. But it is tied into if you subscribe to the that channel, you're going to get notified of a post to that channel's right. community page. So right. get more subscribers. Not only does right. more subscribers help you in in video views, but now it helps you in the community tab, which honestly the community tab, is is a full-blown social network it's right. you make a post they leave comments you, it's it's back and forth sure so you've got to seek out these little pockets of oasises out there right. basically right. Is what they are you can do much more with them but that means every week and and you know when i start with a new client i create a series of of graphic memes that are nothing more than hey Make sure you follow us on Bands in Town so you don't miss any show announcements or any updates. Right. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you join our email list. You know, there's, I don't know, six to eight of these I'll create for them. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, rotate through these, posting one a week, every week, and just keep going. And when you run through the eight, just go back and start again, post that first one. Because you've got to keep reminding your people fans your followers to go to these other places you know what is there there's some marketing saying you got to you got to tell people seven times before they they actually will do something about it so don't think you post a meme once to say i've got a youtube channel and you're done no you got to post it remind them and remind them and remind them plus you got to do that because you're playing with their damn algorithms out there and you don't know who out of your 400,000 followers are actually going to see it. The vast majority never saw it the first time you posted, it. So post right. it again and post it right. again and post it right. again. Right.
1: right. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I mean, you're and I don't think you're right. I know you're right. And I, you know, as you say, YouTube community is great and it's a community, but only if you make it a community. Otherwise, it's just yep. a comment section, you know, and uh, and it can be more than that. If you go, if you're posting regularly, if you're going in and you know, answering, a replying or whatever, not everything, not every comment, but just interjecting yourself. I mean, it's, it's a great thing to watch, you know, any kind of artist community where the fans are going, are doing most of the work for you. And then all of a sudden the the artist drops in with not just tickets are on sale, but some, you know, piece of information or some fun fact yep. or a, a thank you. I mean, I always say the, my artists, you know, the thank you is the most underrated thing in all marketing. It's in my the opinion, easiest you know? thing to do you know?
0: Yeah. It doesn't take a lot of work, thought, or effort, yeah. but it is the it is the thing the fans will appreciate absolutely the most. That if yeah. you as the artist stop in and just reply to their comment saying thank you, and yeah. sometimes you know, all you got to do is just do a thumbs up, just do yeah, a heart. Yeah, exactly. Get, you know, yeah, yeah. that's kind of the same result. They're gonna get notified right. that right. their favorite artist did it. You know, right. the, the, the other thing I would add to like YouTube community and, and and bands in town is people need to also realize those are not just for conveying information that in the YouTube case are videos, mm-hmm. or in the bands in town case are show dates. Mm-hmm. You in both of those instances obviously can post updates on videos and new shows but you could post new merchandise, you can post new albums, you can post anything you want in those communication channels they provide you with. And most people keep themselves very narrow-minded going, well, I'm on YouTube, therefore I can only post about videos. Well, frankly, there is no rule that says that. Bands in town, there's no rule that says to message my followers on Bands in Town, I can only message them a tour date. No, you can message them a new video has been released and drive them over to YouTube. You can it's, message. It's, here's the thing I do. Yeah. You can go to bands in town, message all those people to go follow you on YouTube, to go follow you on TikTok, to go follow yeah. you on your email list as yeah. well. So yeah. you've got to, you, the artist, have to kind of open up your mind and go, wait a second, there's no restrictions on some of these. I can post right. whatever I want and drive you wherever I want
1: it's funny the first time and this was a couple of years ago that i thought uh, that i and and this is me you know this is not bands in town but this is me personally that i thought oh we should artists should be doing more than tour dates Is i realized that pardon me some deceased artists their their teams were posting on bands in town and i'm like what are you doing why is billy holiday and and, and now why billy holiday has followers on bands in town i'm not sure but she does you know tens of thousands of her bb king or you know etc because they were selling merch, they were talking about a new film release, they were talking about whatever was going on in that artist, and this was a way to reach those fans, and it's brilliant, and now, of course, a lot of artists do it, and in fact, there are playbooks, if you go on Bands in Town for Artists, to tell you how to do a new release campaign, etc. One more, two more things, actually, one, one related to that, is I can tell you that, you know, Bands in Town has a, artist relations team if you will and they're working with some tours etc one of the biggest things that works for them time after time to grow the lists or to get more activity is a contest and it doesn't the, the best contacts are something that's not available anywhere else like um, I don't know backstage with a band or something something that's not being sold as a VIP um, right and and but those I mean for the for a hundred or two hundred dollar prize if you will you know you get six to 10 to 12x of that you would in terms of responses otherwise so i'm sure that's true on on other platforms as well but but i would I, I think contests are really under underrated the other thing that i see working you know is text messaging or sms and of course it costs money and not every fan wants that but you know i like again sorry to be bands but on the new Bansatown widget when we collect the email addresses which you can take with you if you want uh you know you can take off the platform or use bands and towns free you can also turn on to ask for their and not have hands whatsoever to do you know text messaging now i'd strongly recommend everybody turn that on because in you know a year you may find that you want to be doing that or you have to be doing that. So yeah, um, just some just some things. Contests and SMS were two things that that I've see that I think are worth paying attention to. I
0: I have also had good success with um, gathering emails at shows. Yep. Um, now of course you can do the old fashioned way of just put a piece of paper out there and ask people to write it down or you could have an iPad there. But um, we had this company on the podcast, I don't know, a year ago, uh, set.live. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and they have a an incredibly simple but brilliant and easy to run program to gather email addresses yeah. on the road. And it's based around a contest. Yeah. Um, and I did this for Wasp and I'm doing this right now for Fog Hat. Um, you know, hey, we're gonna give away an autographed guitar at the end of the tour. All you got to do is go back to the merch tan- merch stand and scan the QR code we've got there. That's it. Scan right. that QR code and it enters you into this contest. Super easy for the fan. But as the artist, what you're getting now is through back end, I can go in there and go, okay, last night's show, how many entries did we get? And now I'm building an email list Based on it's got their names, it's got their phone number, it's got their email (laughs) address, it's got what city they were in and what show they were going to. Right. So now, you know, if you if you keep going back to these markets, you can keep building up and communicating to people in these markets. You know, you know, you could gather you could gather 50 email addresses at a single show by just putting this QR code out on the stand yep. and asking your fans to scan the QR code.
1: Yeah. I think it's brilliant. And, and I think it's very cool. You're working with Fog hat That that was the first national band I ever booked. Roger, Roger, uh, Earl from flock hat and, and Linda, they, they came, it's a long, hilarious story, but, but they, they're, they they're the they're, reason they're so I became great. a, yeah. national they're wonderful people. But I, you know, my other tip on, um, uh and i think set live is is brilliant it is literally to give a ticket or a pair of tickets to a fan and in exchange they you give them a clipboard and before the show or between the sets or whatever they go out into the audience collect email addresses and i i've seen that done i I saw it done years ago with a band called soundtrack sector nine um, who's, who's honestly wives tra- or girlfriends traveled on the road with them. And that was part of their gig was to go on. And I thought, this is just fabulous because somebody's coming out who's represents the band into the audience and, you know, and asking you for their email address. You say yes all the time. So it's, mm-hmm. but yeah, that just going back to that thing, we were talking about NFTs and, and, you know, not knowing who the person is at the show because you bought the ticket for four people you can get four email addresses instead of just one it's 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 really brilliant
0: yeah i mean yeah you. you know those and and those are examples of it's great technology but the end user doesn't give a crap what the technology is it's right. just it works it's fast you know i don't have to pull out a pen write my email address down yeah. you as the artist i can't tell you how many times i used to like I can't read half these email addresses that yep. people printed on a piece of paper. True. It's just scan a QR. You know, everybody's got a smartphone, all smartphones scan QR codes, scan it, entry done. You know, yeah, you've got, you got to look at easy to use technology yeah.
1: like that. There's also, uh, and I'm going to, there's, if you'll have to Google this cause there's four or five services that do it, but basically I think think it's like 70 bucks a month or something. So I have bands that only do this in the summer. They pay for a a text to email service. So from the stage, they'll say, if you want to to join our email list, text your email address to 5575 or whatever the numbers that they have. Once the fan does that, um, it dumps it into an Excel and then you can upload it to MailChimp or whoever your email program is. Mm -hmm. And I have... uh, Some younger bands who, you know, they don't want to pay the 70 bucks a month and it wouldn't necessarily work in a club. But if you're on a festival stage or a big opening act and you're playing in front of, you know, 5,000, 10,000 people and you can grab a couple email addresses, it was absolutely worth it or even a couple hundred email addresses.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you know, if you can if you can finish a, you know, six week tour with picking up 500,000 new new email addresses, I mean, those are valuable because. Those are very targeted email addresses. They are your fans. They went to your show. This isn't like somebody who's got a casual interest and you've got to convert them. No, these are your real fans. You're just gathering them together so you can start communicating to them. So
1: and gathering them in such a way that you can communicate with them. It's not just a thumbs up on Facebook or something. You know, this really is it's the difference is huge. Well, so thank and, you
0: and, for that. and and what I would also I would wrap that all up with is once you gather these email addresses, you actually have to use them. (laughs) I'm sure, Bruce, you've probably seen more artists (laughs) that gather email lists and and then never use them. It's like you went through all this work, possible expense to gather all these email addresses, and then you never do it. You know, I'm I'm preparing emails, you know, sometimes, well, definitely on a monthly basis. Sometimes- It could be every two weeks. It could be every week, depending on how much activity is going on. You got new merchandise, do an email blast. You got a new bunch of new tour dates, do an email blast. You've got a new single, a new video, do an email blast. You know, it's, you've got to use this stuff once you create it and put it into motion. And sadly, a lot of artists don't. Yep.
1: And and it's a lot less work than trying to create three pieces of content a week for Patreon. So it's you know it it it... It, it
0: it it is, it is, and you know, and you're going to get greater responses from right. these these various channels as opposed to you know, I, I deal with artists clients all the time. They're like, Mike, what happened? All of a sudden my Instagram just went dead. And I'm like, Yeah, I think there's word that Instagram is changing their algorithm. Not that we're going to know what it is, but we just know it's going to happen. What does that mean? Well, it means everything you had been working on and formatting and hashtagging and whatever no longer works because now they're going in a different direction. You know, when when you can do an email blast, when you can do simple, straight messaging to followers, you avoid all of that algorithm crap. You
1: know, and just. Just to go back to YouTube, um, one of the reasons I things I, I like about YouTube is it is that ecosystem of YouTube, YouTube community, YouTube shorts and how they all kind of feed off each other. So, yep. you know, it maybe if you're really a quote unquote natural TikTok artist, you have to be there. But I say artists that aren't natural TikTok artists, but want to play with short form or understand that they need to play with short form, start doing it there because you already got a following. You've already got, you know, these things all feed off of each other. So I think a hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've i told some clients, I'm like, TikTok is not YouTube. It's not just right. another channel to post your music video. That's what right. YouTube is for. Right. TikTok is, is all about creative content. That might involve your music, but that means it's right. more work, it's more thinking, it's more editing. Um, YouTube, you can just post videos, but you can also do shorts. Yeah, I mean right. the YouTube YouTube Shorts is massive, yeah. Um, in in engagement and views and everything else, and you're right, it's an ecosystem. It's all tied in together. I I literally just saw a video today that YouTube is going to be releasing an app called YouTube Create. Yeah. Um, that's in beta for Android right now and will be out for iOS next year for creating videos right. and editing yeah. videos. You know, it's not YouTube Studio, it's not YouTube, it's it's their creator app. And I'm just like, this is great. I mean, the YouTube ecosystem is is robust and very strong. The apps that they've released are very powerful and very helpful. Um, easy to use too generally easy to, easy yeah. to use so yeah. yeah you know back to your original question of where do you go and how do you find your fans you got to find these these channels out there that aren't so locked into algorithms and oh you're going to have to pay us a monthly fee to increase your exposure. it's like no there, there's still a lot of there's a lot of avenues out there you just got to seek them out you probably know what they are. You just didn't realize they were that useful. Awesome.
1: Well, thanks. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I I we both get this question all the time. And I have my own answer that wasn't that different than yours, but I but I appreciate it. I really do about, yeah, I about mean, how to I mean, build a phone.
0: You know, yeah. I, I I just I keep going back to I tell clients, it's like bands in town is not just tour dates and YouTube is not just music videos. Right. That's there's right. so much more deep inside each of them i mean listen you know you you mentioned it but and i've said it many times bands in town offers a full email system you can right you know why pay a monthly fee to mailchimp or anybody else start on bands in town build mm-hmm. it build it there it's free to use it's full featured it works yeah. and they're creating they're making it better all the
1: time and they're creating new stuff all the time and there's they really are dedicated more than any other company I know, and I'm sure there are others, don't get me wrong, but who are will- really dedicated to helping artists and not charging them. And at some point, I'm sure there'll be something that they'll start charging artists for. But, you know, so far not. And so far, you know, it's been it, it's it's just amazing stuff. And I see people use it all the time. I
0: I, I would also add, you know, because we didn't mention it, but something like Bands in Town and Spotify both have Shopify store integration so you can sell your merchandise and i just connected fog hats bands in town probably a week ago to their shopify store Mm -hmm. and and linda their manager yesterday was like mike we saw an order come in and it was flagged as sourced bands in town and i'm like right that's awesome that's awesome now somebody who was on bands in town the fog hat profile page which displayed tour merch yeah. clicked something and bought it there yeah.
1: yeah yeah and there's also even if you don't have a shopify page other artists are part of the on the amazon merch program and we the just amazon program yep right it's a, a little bit different but but we also just connect with that and there's just they're constantly adding this stuff
0: uh to you know make it easier for artists to make more money it's
1: it's really what it's all
0: about yeah i mean when you're driving your fans to go follow you on your on your bands in town page why not have that page list tour dates merchandise social networks
1: yeah it's
0: got show reviews in there listen i i will use those show reviews as a content source i'll go in there and screen cap the good reviews good for i I, I admit i've
1: that's amazing. Yeah. I've never even thought of that. I mean, I know that the that it's there, but I've never used it. That's brilliant.
0: Well, Good you see. know, because I, I look at it this way as a fan, whose review is more important to me as a fan? Some media outlet that I've never heard of or a bunch of fans who are at the show? Yeah. I, I will put my money behind the fans all the time. Right. If the fan says this was a great show, they're speaking from their heart. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm screen capping those and, you know, I'm posting memes to all the other social networks saying, Hey, you know, got a show tomorrow night, check out this great review from so-and-so get your tickets over here. Right. Um, You know, those are the things you've got to, you got to look at all, again, you look at all these channels and go, what's going on that I can utilize across these channels. Right. Awesome. Awesome.
1: No, well, it's, Bruce, it,
0: I was gonna say it's it's always it's always great chatting with you. It's great picking your brain and, and and looking into that NFT that NFT world that everybody thought was gonna make us all rich and oh, didn't well. show up. Didn't show it's, up. It,
1: it's like multi level marketing. It sounds
0: good and, and then the, yeah. the cards tumble. <laughs> I think, I think that is the ultimate lesson with NFT is if it's too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Right. And not also, going to be true. And,
1: and also you don't need to jump in right
0: away. You know, observe, pay yes, attention. Observe, watch, watch your... what's going on. Right, exactly. Brilliant. Under You know, and this is what we said about NFTs, understand the technology, understand what it could do. So you're familiar with what's going on, but don't buy into the i've got the quick get rich quick solution that's going to make right. every musician you know be able to survive selling nfts i mean it just didn't materialize awesome. nowhere near it near Yeah. It. so um you know and bruce keep us updated uh of course on on developments with bands in town because uh you know there's there's so much you guys are pretty active in in rolling out new new features beta features. Um, enhancing what's going on there, um, customer support is is really good. There's, there's new stuff,
1: is that right now? Uh, not that in any way it's going to be less about artists because it always will be about artists, and it's artists who give us made us the largest database of of tour dates in the world. But now we're understanding that we've got to help the venue sell more tickets because that helps the artist. And that's what the focus is right now. We've been working with Neva, the venue association. But in the literally weeks to a couple months, you're going to hear some pretty cool stuff that we're doing with venues. Exciting.
0: I'm I'm looking forward to it.
1: All awesome. Right. Thank, Thanks. A thank lot. you again, Bruce. Take care. All right
0: i just want to thank bruce once again for joining us this week on the music biz weekly podcast he's always a great guest always great insights to what's going on um if you've got any ideas on where you go to find your fans can you let us know in the comments did we miss anything that might work really well for being able to communicate to your fans or where to go find your fans or where you want to drive your fans to follow you beyond the typical, oh, Facebook page, Instagram account, TikTok. Because we know all of those, and you're dealing with a lot of competition and a lot of algorithms that get in the way. So let me know what your experience is when it comes to all of this. Um, and before we wrap up, just once again, thank you to Bruce and everybody at Hypebot and Bands in Town for all your support, and of course, to our sponsors. Banzoogle.com and Discmakers.com. That's it. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We're out of here. See you all next week. Industry professionals listen to the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. If you have a product or service and would like to reach this audience, get in touch with Michael or Jay to discuss sponsorship this is for opportunities. for Music Biz Weekly, provided by LarryDavisVoice.com and by JessicaMarsVoice.com. That's Mars with a Z.